Hey, this is Warren Redlick. Thank you for watching. This is I'm with the Daily Live. This is the topic I couldn't talk about on YouTube freely. I figure we have this conversation on the Daily Live platform, and maybe I'll invite people from YouTube to come see it. I'm here with Naor and Eitan, who are, I believe, in Israel. They're known as the Nice Jewish Boys. Do I have that right? Two Nice Jewish Boys. Two Nice Jewish Boys, and you have a YouTube channel. We have a podcast called Two Nice Jewish Boys, a YouTube channel also, but we're also on Spotify and everywhere you can get a podcast. Awesome. So the, the basic story here is I saw you guys talk about Israel, the conflict with the Arabs or Palestinians or however we're going to refer to it. And I and I, just for the audience to understand this, many people who see this would probably view this as 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 one sided, as biased. And I'm OK with that just right off the bat. I'm Jewish. I was raised Jewish. I have a lot of friends who are Israelis. Uh, I was raised to believe that Israel's in the right and that the Arabs are in the wrong. And I'm not saying that it's perfectly true, but I've generally seen it that way. My impression from uh, what I saw you guys do was that you're we're probably roughly on the same page, but you guys know a lot more about it than I do. And I'm hoping after this conversation to have a conversation with somebody who might be on a different side of this story. Uh, and hopefully this conversation will help me understand and help the audience understand things better. So um, there's this conflict on this land that I think of as Israel and other people think of as Palestine. Um, there's a lot of things that are confusing, I think, to a lot of people. There's a lot of stories that are told that might not be accurate. Just, just today I had uh, an exchange with a guy who says he was born in, the, in, that, in that land and that his family, you know, what is, was ever was, they had their land stolen from them, whatever. And he, he said something about the Zionists control the banks. I love this, you know, a, a lot of a lot of classic anti-Semitic lies that he said, well, I'm not talking about Jews. I'm talking about Zionists. Yeah, you're talking about Jews. Um, sorry. But there's this claim that Israel stole the land from the Palestinians. So I'm trying to let me take one step back. There's this group of people that call themselves Palestinians. And I'm going to reveal my bias right away. I don't even buy the term Palestinian. I think they're Arabs, and I think the term Palestinian was created to create a victim class around the time Israel was created. What's your sense of the notion of there being a Palestinian people as opposed to a group of people who are Arabs who adopted the name Palestinian? I, I have, and I, we've never, I've never seen you guys talk about this. I'm curious what you think about that. So um, I'll start off. Oh, and sorry, which uh, one of you is Naor and which one of you is Eitan? Uh, I'm Eitan, and this is Naor. Um, uh, I just want to say that uh, about our podcast, The Two Nice Jewish Boys, just so people have a kind of an idea of what it is, we bring on people every week to have kind of an interesting conversation. So just again, just to kind of give an idea of what the podcast is, if people want to tune in. I think regarding your question, uh, I mean, the Palestinians, right, the, the Philistines were is an ancient people that lived in, in the land. And, I mean, you can go and read the Bible if you want to read about the history of the Philistines. And I think it goes back to one of the revolts. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly which one. It might have been the Bar Kokhva revolt. Afterwards, the Romans kind of, you know, just completely wiped out the land. And then as a, as kind of to rub salt in the wounds of of these the Jewish people who were living here, they renamed the uh, the land Palestine, like the Palestinian um, the Palestinian area, right? So they renamed it Palestine. So that's where the name goes back to historically. So I don't think it was it wasn't just kind of invented um, uh, seventy Randomly. years ago. Uh, but I think I think you're more or less accurate in the sense that it is being co-opted or hijacked in order to create this national identity. I mean, Yasser Arafat was Egyptian, right? I mean, yeah. it, it is being hijacked. Tunisian. To, I think he was Egyptian. No? Maybe. One of his parents was Egyptian and maybe one of his parents was Tunisian. But either way... It is being hijacked in order to create this national identity that for all intents and purposes doesn't really exist. I mean, there is no long-standing Palestinian national history that goes farther back than 70, 80 years. Uh, they are Arab inhabitants of the land that were under, uh, that were under British occupation 
uh, under British rule before 1948, and before that, the Ottoman Empire, going all the way back to what the early 16th uh, 16th century. Wasn't Genghis Khan Khan's at some point? Yeah, at some point. But most of most of them, yeah, most of them weren't here. Most of them came late 19th uh, century. Right. Isn't it also, that's what I was going to ask, isn't it also true that the people who are now call themselves Palestinians were actually people, I mean, to some extent, the people who were on, the Arab people who were on the land were migratory, and to some extent, the people who are calling themselves Palestinians now came from other parts of the Arab world to live in that land. As some, as, I mean, that's, that's, that's a very prominent theory. You know, it's all... the. You, there are facts. There were books written about that. But essentially, when Jews started to came to come here, and the land prospered, uh, first under the Turks and then later under the British from 1917, after the First World War, where uh, Israel Palestine was conquered by the Brits, um, that attracted loads of of Arabs from the neighborhood, uh, from the neighbor countries, which weren't countries. It was all the British mandate, the the French ruled some of it, and you could just pack your bags and, and, and move. Uh, there are um, books, I think Mark, Mark Twain wrote a book in the 19th century um, describing the land as desolate. Mm-hmm. And so until, like, it was, it was, uh, can we curse on your show? Yes. Okay, it was a... Uh, it was a shithole country. A, a shithole, <laughs> it, it was a shithole land, it wasn't a country. Yeah, but it, until like 1915, yeah, like until Tel Aviv uh, it, it was founded, it was it was uh, yeah, it was a shithole, and then Jews and Arabs started to come here mm-hmm. and prosper. Uh, the Jews brought prosperity because they came from civilized cultures. Um, we're, we're probably going to get in trouble for that one. They came from Western, more wealthy cultures, and they brought methods you know technology and methods to make the land more fertile and and to make it more productive they they came from countries that valued education and and yeah and 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 work and technology and yeah more advanced cultures essentially So, so there's this there's this story that's told that that israel stole the land from the palestinians and my take on that first of all was israel didn't steal the land the British gave the land. The, the British had it. It wasn't. There was no Palestinian state. There was no Palestinian government, as far as I know, ever, in the history of that land. There was the British government before that. There was an Ottoman government. Maybe Genghis Khan ruled it. The Romans ruled it at some point. When was the Palestinian state? Uh, as far as I know, it never existed. Am I wrong? Yeah, there was. There was. No, you're absolutely right. There is no. There was no Palestinian state. Uh, and even today, what people call the Palestinian... T- Actually, the truth is that the closest thing to a Palestinian state probably was founded in 2005 uh, when Israel uh, pulled out of the... you know uh, Unilaterally pulled out of the Gaza Strip. So the Gaza There's Strip... Jordan, too. Uh, yeah, and that's true. That's true. When, when the mandate... In 1917, the Palestinian... The original Palestinian mandate... When the British took uh, control of Israel, then they started outlining the Palestinian mandate, and that included modern-day Jordan. And most of the population of Jordan today is actually Palestinian. And most of the Palestinians in Judea and Samaria had Jordanian citizenship. Yes. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, Jordan is—the vast majority of Jordan is Palestinian. It's ruled by the Hashemite. Uh, kingdom dictator yeah dictator but they're a minority like in many arab countries that are ruled by a minority where when the population is actually a majority of some other uh people so the 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 jordan is majority palestinian but gaza strip is actually for all intents and purposes it's not internationally recognized as a country but for all intents and purposes it is palestine and um and that's kind of i think one of the one of the points that people tend to ignore there is a pseudo palestinian state it exists it's ruled by a despicable terrorist dictatorship that has zero value for life and the state of the palestinian state like 
the condition of the Palestinian state is just abysmal. So they live like dogs. Um, it's again, not, not something that would, can be said on YouTube. So I'm glad we're not doing this on YouTube, but it's true. It is going to be on YouTube or maybe not, but, uh, is it going to be on YouTube? Well, you guys got to decide. I mean, you might want to have a, create a free speech platform and then, you know, do like (laughs) highlight highlights. Uh, Right. uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They live like, like dogs. No, it's not. I don't think it's, uh, they they live like dogs. They I just want to I just want to follow up on something though. They're they're not. They're the Arab world is not uniform. That there's they're not all the same people. There's groups within the Arab world, and the group that calls themselves Palestinians now is treated badly in all the Arab countries. Roughly, isn't that roughly correct? If they're in Saudi Arabia, they're doing work. They're treated yeah. like slave labor. You know, I, if you know that that's my general sense of the pal the so-called Palestinian people is that they are a part of the Arab world. And for whatever reason, this group, I don't know if they're effectively like gypsies in Europe. They're just not treated well wherever they go. They're hated. They're hated uh, throughout the Arab world. I think the, we talked about Jordan, where they live under a cruel dictatorship. Um, but if we talk about Lebanon, for example, I think it's a perfect example. If people want to see apartheid, in Lebanon there's apartheid against the Palestinians. The Palestinians in Lebanon are are sub-citizens. They are treated, again, by the Lebanese like animals. They they cannot wed anyone. Uh, they can't own land. They live in enclosed camps. And that's apartheid. But no one talks about the apartheid in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I already had the sense that they were not treated. I didn't know it was as bad as you just described. But uh, I, I feel like this is why I feel that, you know, Like, I don't, I have no desire to move to Israel. I'm not the classic Zionist, right? I just sort of have in my bones, well, Israel are the good guys. Not to say that Israel's perfect, but Israel roughly the good guys in the story, and and the other guys are the bad guys in the story. And that's just the way I was raised, right or wrong. But I I look at that and I say, well, you know, I have no desire to move to Israel. If if I had it my way, religion would not control land, right? All lands would be free from religious control, and anybody could go anywhere they wanted. But, you know, the Arabs who want to kick Israel out they want to establish religious control of the Rand, and some of the Israelis are very religiously motivated, and there's, they have religious rules that intrude and, and indi- uh, control government in Israel. There's no, there's no, my ideal solution isn't going to happen. This is kind of where I wanted to ask you is one of my frustrations when I hear this, it's not really a conversation, right? One person says those are the bad guys, another person says those are the bad guys. I feel like no one has a solution that will ever be accepted. And when I talk to people who are what I will call anti-Israel, say, well, what's your solution to this problem? And ultimately their answer always comes down to Israel has to leave. The Jews have to, they, they won't admit it, <laughs> but ultimately the only solution that, that their side will accept universally is if Israel is eliminated and all the Jews leave. I mean, it's, it's, it's because, honest. Yeah, but it's funny because they've invented a problem that I don't even recognize and then come up with a solution that kicks me out of my home. There is no problem, Warren. There is no problem. We were ju- we just had an episode with Dan Shiftan, who's an incredible strategic uh, thinker from Israel. Um, and I really, really recommend people listen to it, tune in. But there is no pro- I mean, he makes the point that if you look at the that there are no more kind of like six day wars, right? The wars are these long, pro, uh, drawn out, protracted uh, uh, events that that you don't, you can't really say, okay, this side won or this side won. You have to look after 60, 70 years and ask yourself, where is each side? And if you look at Israel, I mean, man, I, I just got to describe the view. I mean, we're looking at skyscrapers. We're looking at the Tel Aviv skyline right here. I work in a high-tech company. Uh, Naor is a freelance. Uh, you know, he works on campaigns and he works in social media. We both make a great living. God willing, my wife is going to give birth in oh. uh, in, a, in a month. We have great lives. Thank you. Thank you. We have great lives. And we are prospering. And Israel generally is a wonderful place to live. And you mentioned religious control of the land. There is, there are issues with, you know, uh, church and state in Israel, just as there are in any place. There is but here. The, but, yeah. but relative, 
Relative to the current state of the world, Israel is one of the freest places on earth. You can live here and you can exercise any religion you choose. You can uh, practice any religion. You can Say be from anything. any background. You can post anything. Yeah, you could be black. You could be a woman. You could be an Arab. You could be a Jew and you could live freely here. And it's a wonderful place to live. Whereas the Gaza Strip is a hellhole. I mean, really, I don't think, and I'm not saying it as like a, it's not, Ju- a, it's not a hyperbole. Right, it's a hellhole. No, ar- none of your listeners would want to step foot in there. But the other side would it's say a, that's Israel's fault. I mean, you could, I, I don't think that uh, we can get into fault, first of all. We can get into fault. But I, I'm talking about kind of w- like you, you said, where wh- where did this start? We, st- we asked basically which side is um is 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 attacking the other side right and did we steal the land did we steal the land yeah yeah well i mean but, but it's, it's funny to be american right to yeah. live on land like i live near near seminole casinos right the seminoles the yeah. native americans controlled this land and then america uh, europeans came in took over all of america and there's all these people in america who hear the i'll call it the woke left cry that the palestinians are oppressed and the israelis stole the land is like well where do you live you know the, we're, we're yeah. living on land that was pretty more obviously stolen from the native americans by far i don't know like how much you know of american history but it's blindingly obvious that we stole this land from the native americans we can tell stories mention, about yeah not to mention land that was that was conquered from sovereign countries but again, yes. I'm not sure what stealing. I mean, what does it mean to steal land? Um, but but I, I just want to go back because I do. You you were meant. You were talking about the problem. Like, how, yeah. what is there is a problem? The Middle East problem, right? The problem of the Middle East and what's the solution? And that's what I'm saying is that we could talk about who's right and who's wrong and who stole and who didn't, and we can, we'll get into it. But the idea that there is a problem in the Middle East this that needs solving. Israel has already found the solution, which is we are a strong, independent country with a kick-ass military that will, you know, fuck up anybody that tries to mess with us. And we carved out a space in, in uh, on this earth that we live happily on. And there is no problem. I mean, come to Tel Aviv. Look around. There is no problem. I call it the final solution. <laughs> okay. That's a little aggressive. A little morbid. Okay. A little morbid. It's our final solution. Yeah. It, no, is, it is our final solution to the Jewish problem, which is to find right. a peaceful place to live in right. and, and not be, assa- and be you know, mighty. annihilated. And be mighty. And yeah. there's, a, there's a history there that a lot of people don't recognize. And, and you know, my, my ancestors went through this, that Jews were not welcome in Europe. Jews were not treated well around the world. Uh, my, my ancestors came to the United States from Eastern Europe, from Poland and maybe Austria. I'm not sure exactly. Came to the United States and Canada. And and. What's that saying from the movie? I don't know if you ever saw the movie Stripes. We were kicked out of every decent country in the world. Um, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and some group of Jews figured out we need our own space. And they went back yeah. to a, an area that there's a historical claim to this land being a Jewish land. And they established, and like you said, they took basically what was a desert and made a paradise out of it. And, yeah. um, and, and I, I, I love your point that there isn't a problem. The, there is a problem. There's a group of people who have decided there's a problem. And, and that group started, I mean, I guess there's sort of this history thing that 1947 Israel was created, for lack of a better term. Um, what was it like, and I don't, you know, none of us were alive then, but what was it like before 1947 when there were Jews and Arabs living in the same mm-hmm. land? 48, sorry. What was it like in the 30s or the 20s? It was bad. It was bad. They, we now celebrate 100 years of, Arab hostilities and pogroms, essentially, against Jews in Israel. So you had pogroms. We don't celebrate. We commemorate. Yeah, commemorate. Sorry. Po- pogrom, I, I'm, pogrom I'm the is... Israeli of, of the team and Ethan's the American, so okay, you'll so, have to forgive my So pogrom uh, is a word mistakes. that my audience might not understand. What is a pogrom? A pogrom is essentially when the... the in uh, Eastern the, Europe uh, or in Europe. It generally, it means when, uh, yeah, no, but to be to be more modern about it, it's when the the non-Jews uh, kill and riot and kill the Jews for no apparent reason. And, so they, and, they, they and break raise, store windows. Raise their homes. Yeah. Raise their homes, beat them up, murder them, smash babies' heads against the wall. That's if you Google the Hebron um, 
riots in 36, I think. If you go to Wikipedia, you will see that the Arabs in the year 36, and that wasn't the first uh, riot. 29 was one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Uh, essentially, the Arabs, for no reason, just broke into homes and smashed babies' heads uh, against the walls and murdered women, children, uh, for no reason. And that's decades before before a state was even even a conceivable thing though you had like a hun- few hundred thousand jews and a few hundred thousand arab slash palestinians whatever living side by side under the british mandate and still they uh violently savagely uh attacked us for no reason so so this goes way back before right. the concept of the state of israel even existed there was the zionist movement but Yeah. Well, it's sort of like it, it just seems to me like that one of the stories this is this is common in politics everywhere is you identify a group of people, call them a victim, and then you act as if they're completely innocent. And the other side is the oppressor. So the Israelis have become the oppressors and the Arabs have become the victims. The Palestinians, they created this victim class called Palestinians, made them the oppressed. And there's this I think you mentioned this. This is something I've said for years. I think you mentioned this in the in the podcast that I saw. They refer to it as a genocide that Israel's committing a genocide against the Palestinians. And I was like, I, I looked this up on my own. I think you came up with something similar that in 1947, let's say, the Arab population of this land was around a million people. And today it's around five million people. And you you used language very similar to the way I said that the Jews are really, really bad at this. If you're going to commit yeah, a genocide, yeah. the population, yeah. the targeted population should be reduced, not not five X. It's, yeah. it's like what also it, I think people don't realize that okay you have Israel the state of Israel which has citizens right we have nine million citizens um, out of who, who enjoy full equal rights in a thriving democracy and out of those nine million approximately two million citizens in Israel I'm not talking about the territories are Arab slash Palestinians okay? and they have representation in the in the in the parliament. government. Yeah, the right parliament n- right the government now, for the first time in history they actually have four sitting members in the coalition meaning in the ruling power in the ruling coalition they have judges you know in the last decade the Palestinian slash Arab uh, Israeli citizens in universities rose 100 percent that's okay in 10 years 100 percent. They double the number of grad- Arab graduates, the number of doc- Arab doctors in Israel. We just had the second Supreme Court justice approved, though. No? That's an Arab. Yeah, and, and the number of, like, a- a- every year about 30% or 40% of doctors graduating Israeli universities are Arabs. They are Let 20%. Me- wait, just, just this point. They are 20% of the population, yet 40% of the doctors each year are... Are Arab slash Palestinians okay let me just one thing that so, I that I see as a potential distinction and I might be wrong about this is there are Arabs who are Muslim and there are Arabs who are Christian and the the people who run Hamas the people who run Gaza the people on the Palestinian Authority to my understanding are Arab Muslims what to what extent are the Arab slash Palestinians that you're describing how many of them are Christian as opposed to Muslim most of them are Muslims Muslim, yeah The okay. Arab the Palestinian Christians or Arab Christians in Israel are a relative minority okay so th- this they're group that's v- got a, a very small minority no, right? they're they're a minority so we have two million hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand Christians okay. maybe a bit more so yeah. a, like less than ten percent of that group is Christian yeah so, I'm not, we're not we're not we're not uh we're not with the numbers right in front of yeah. us but they're very but small they minority. also it's but it is worth mentioning that Arab Palestinian Christians are and were living also in the non-israeli uh, territories right in Judah uh, in Samaria and Gaza and they were treated horribly so they most of them they fled because the Muslim Palestinians treated them even worse than they treat Jews yeah, so they right. fled um, so yeah. when we talk about this situation and you, I, I think you agree with me the concept of I just feel like I'm, I'm here in the United States and I mm-hmm. actually I, I started making jokes about the so-called woke left because it used to be that to me Republicans and Democrats in America were I disagreed with both of them about equally 
you know, I, I'm a libertarian, so I don't fit any of the, the major party platforms. And I feel like the last five, 10 years, the Democratic Party has just gone so far left. And it's a tricky thing because I'm, I'm, I, I was raised as a conservative Jew, although I didn't, it didn't take. Uh, I got married and we, had, we raised our children in a reform synagogue. And reform synagogues in America are largely Democrat, liberal Democrat. And I feel like as, the, as what I see, the left in America turns against Israel and really turns anti-Semitic in a lot of ways. I feel like reformed Jews aren't catching on. Like, hey, these guys are against us. Maybe change. And within the congregation, I'm not member of the. I'm not active in the congregation anymore. But within the congregation, you know, people who are successful in business don't really like the woke left, right? The people who say you don't own, own the property that you know the business that you created, all that. I yeah, done? I think it's 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 Marxism. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds like I'm uh, like I'm part of the Red Scare in the 1960s, but it's Marxism, right? I mean. Marxism, it's Marxism evolved into different forms, taking on new forms, yeah. and it's turned into intersectionality and victimhood. But basically, Marx was saying that everything is a power struggle. There are the powerful and there are the weak, and the weak need to rebel and revolution and do a revolution and overtake the powerful. Everything in, everything in the world is a hierarchy of power. The weak are the proletariat. They need to seize power from the powerful, right? It's this constant struggle, this constant overturning. And that's exactly what the left has has um, has ad adopted in, in intersectionality. It's it's praising the victim. The weak are the, the victims, and the victims are the ones that are the underdogs, and they need to be protected, and they need to be rooted for against the, you know, the mighty, powerful uh, warmongers. And that's Israel is now powerful. Israel is now a very, very powerful nation state. We have an extremely powerful army. We have a ton of brain power. And the we're, we're rich. Also. We're rich. The Palestinians, yeah. like as a nation, we're rich. The Palestinians are very weak. Um, and they're living a very, very poor life. And the left they sees are. that. And in, in their very, very, very uh, simple-minded uh, paradigm, their input output input output function is who's weak. Let's support them. Yeah, I think it's also worth mentioning that specifically Arabs Palestinians in the territories, not in Gaza, have it way better than most Arabs in most are in many Arab countries. Right? They have it better in in I'm not talking about Palestinians in other countries. I'm talking about Arabs in other countries. Like if you look at Arabs in Egypt, Arabs in Syria, Arabs in Lebanon, Arabs yeah. in Yemen. So Palestinians in the territories have it better. In the West, in like Judea and in the, Samaria. In, in, in Judea oh. and Samaria, who are, who are occupied and who are in the apartheid, uh, air quotes, uh, they have it better than many Arabs in many other states. Right. Um, but not, not to mention the Arabs that live in Israel. Or in right. yeah, of course they 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 the Arabs who live in Israel enjoy full equal opportunities and rights. They can do anything they want, and many of them do. Many of them thrive. Like if you come to Israel and go to some of their villages, you will see villas. You know, you'll think you're in a in the in, 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 in southern southern florida yeah. are, are there are there parts of mar-a-lago are there parts of israel where jews and arabs live sort of integrated or does it tend to generally be segregated of course. But arabs here, live in, in one in, place? here in, in tel aviv jaffa yeah. unfortunately have... though i mean it has to be said yes jews and arabs live haifa. side by side in israel in many different cities yeah. ramle lod, lod haifa yafo and in uh many other places um Tveria, right? No. No? No. And, and okay, do, well, the, in many extent, different cities. But do, but I just do want to mention that, I mean, this is getting into a little bit more detail, but last May there was an uprising in Israel uh, of in those exact mixed cities. So even the, there is, I mean, again, like Noah said, Arabs in Israel enjoy equal uh, rights and opportunities, but there is still a lot of tension and a lot of them still do identify as Palestinians and do not necessarily see themselves as patriotic Israelis. Because the problem is, uh, Warren, even if you enjoy full and equal rights, 
that's that could be cumbersome right because you it, it it may actually be worse for some people because what it means is that you now have to work really hard and make something out you don't have an excuse, don't have an excuse anymore <laughs> exactly so those crybabies yeah. um which are not all of the arab israelis but a big chunk of them those crybabies those uh, bumps as as they say in big lebowski um they rather riot and go to violence than work and yeah, make lives i think crybabies is minimizing it like i think that i agree that that is the outlook in life but it's a product of education meaning they are raised by parents who believe that uh their nationality is of utmost importance their honor as palestinians needs to be redeemed and and that's i think what what leads you, to these kind of when you describe conflict. what life is like in the in the arab world or in gaza or in the pa and, and the palestinian controlled uh communities on the west on the west bank and you see how good life is for them do they not see that if israelis if if the government of israel went away and arabs took control and the jews left do they not see what would happen they do but i don't think that they i don't i think it's a misunderstanding of the left and of the westerners in general to understand the arab uh, mindset and the incentive structure yeah and and culture basically I mean, I, I arabs guess they, don't put uh, it, generally, again, Arab is a very broad term, but let's speak. Let, generally, it's true, I think, to most of the Arab cultures in the Middle East. But let's speak specifically to the Palestinian culture here in Israel, or at least the Palestinian culture that's been created in the last seventy years. They do not place prosperity and life at the top of their value hierarchy. They came from nothing. I, I, people don't realize again. They were living like look at Bedouins hundred years ago. Right. They were living like like guys. Did did you see June? If you saw June, the movie June, and you saw D U N E June, yes. D June, yeah. And you saw the 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 Fremen. That's that's how the Arabs were living and are living in most parts of the Arab. Like they, you you just don't understand how they lived. So they came from nothing. So what's prosperity like worst yeah, case scenario they'll go back say, to how they lived you could say they feel now they see prosperity and they have everything to lose but i think it's again a miscalculation of the way uh, uh your average uh muhammad right your average muhammad thinks and and it's not to to this isn't racist it doesn't have anything to do with their race or or anything about their skin color or their or who they were, uh, or their religion, or who birthed them, or their religion. Well, it does have to do a little bit with their religion because religion is is kind of culture is downstream from religion, or religion is downstream from culture. But either way, it has to do with their culture. It has to do with the way they think and their value structure and the value structure that they pass on to their children. And this is the key that in Arab culture, one of the most important things is honor. Right. There's a lot of honor killings in Arab culture where, you know, someone from the family uh, kind of Romeo Juliet's kind of style story. Right. And and the, the 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 violence is just is unheard of. But generally speaking, honor is a very, very important thing in Arab culture. And and that's why all of the prosperity in the world doesn't mean anything to them if they're national identity has been taken away they still need to redeem that let me give you an example let's look at the more progressive arab palestinians right the, the israeli citizens i'm not even talking about what's going on in the in judea samaria and gaza here in in israel uh, every year numerous times like dozens of times at least if not hundreds you have stories of women uh who let's say a woman who got married to someone and she's not happy. Um, she wants out of the marriage. Her husband joins power with her brothers to murder her. Okay? so And with the, the brothers of the bride and the husband murder her for wanting out. They'd rather her be dead than out. And that's before I'm talking about transsexuals, uh, who are who are 
you know, who need yeah, to flee homosexuals. homosexual, transsexual need to flee uh, to uh, to asylums. And uh, so that's that's just and you can Google those things. Right. Very no, yes. You mentioned Aitan mentioned uh, Aitan mentioned uh, intersectionality before. And it's this weird problem where suppose here in America, there's all this push for LGBTQIA plus rights. And then at the same time, Israel, as I see it, is the, the, the place where you live is very friendly to women's rights, gay rights, transgender rights, etc. And the Arab world is very, very hostile to women's with I'm sure there's exceptions to this maybe maybe Dubai I don't know but they're very hostile nope, to women's rights nope, they're very nope, hostile nope. I I don't Not know Dubai. but I'm just saying that 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 generally speaking in, in Dubai the Arab two world, men cannot go hand in hand in the street okay so they so cannot. that I'm just saying that that in, in the Arab world, they're not friends. So the intersectionality has this problem. They supposedly care about LGBTQIA plus rights, but all of a sudden, when it comes to Israel yeah. versus the Palestinians, they choose the people who are anti-LGBT rights against the people who are pro-LGBT rights because it's the power structure. It's this, it's yeah. this, it's this fundamentally incoherent philosophy uh, that they, they operate under, this Marxist uh, philosophy. And I, I, the reason I brought up genocide before is there's this there's this tendency in the and the radical left to just change the meaning of words so that the words have no meaning anymore it's right out of george orwell i don't know if you've read 1984 yeah, but it's like course. you just you start twisting the meaning Newspeak. of words yes yeah so um I just want to, there's a great there's a great meme re regarding exactly what you just said we shared it on our instagram a little while ago i don't know who actually made it but it's hilarious and it's a bunch of uh, intersectional, uh, you know, gay pride, LGBTQ, holding a gay pride flag and also holding like a free Palestine flag. And then underneath it, you see a bunch of chickens holding a, you know, support KFC um, flag, support which is exactly KFC. that. It's like, I mean, you're, you're, you're rooting it for the side they, that would kill you. The flag says gays for Palestine and the chicken says chickens for KFC. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. Yeah. But but Warren, before we go move on, I just wanted to go back to the original question, which I feel like we didn't really address about us stealing, land. stealing the land. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Uh, we got to emphasize this. So uh, the land, let's say the land, let's let's define the land because this is also dis disputable. So let's say the land is from the Jordan J Jordan River to the east, and the sea, the Mediterranean, uh, to the west. Okay. From the let's river to the, the sea. Land. From the river to the sea. Let's say that's the land. Yeah. That land uh, was occupied by dozens of nations, as you said, for, for 2,000 years. Before that, uh, the Hebrews ruled here, but never mind. Um, anyway, Turks, a few hundred years, then the British, 1917. Then British got a mandate from the UN to rule um and and their mandate essentially was to eventually lead to a jewish state and also like if you look at the un's right I'm, if i'm not mistaken yeah. if you look at the un's original mandate to the brits for palestine you will see that the purpose is to eventually have a, a jewish uh state there and also uh of course the balfour declaration where the king essentially says that uh, he sees with a good uh, intent, with a good eye, uh, the, the the establishment of a Jewish state. So that was the purpose of the mandate. That was the now the mandate was was bad for Jews, for for Arabs, mainly for the Jews. It's it's important to say that the Brits prevented Jews to come here, and those Jews who couldn't come here died in the Holocaust. Okay, so the the British. The British have Jewish blood on their hands in in a plenty. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, they fled in '48. They literally fled because we terrorized them out of here. '47, uh, no. In '47. No, in '48. Oh, in '47, they left. No. Uh, is this, sorry, no. Is this what right, they call right. the Nakba? Don't don't gaslight me, sir. Yeah, yeah. '48. Is, is this what they call uh, the Nakba? Is this what they refer to as the Nakba? Not yet. Not okay. yet. No. So '47 uh, was the vote in the UN. UN partition plan, uh, where where the UN suggested a plan, 
where we got the, the worst parts of the land as we defined it before we got like the desert yeah. and that's it more or less and the Ar- the arab slash palestinians got the best parts of the land um and we agreed to that although it was ve- it was shitty for us we accepted it because we said you know what let's okay let's take what we can cut our losses and finally have a state and the arabs rejected the plan and then the british fled and what well, happened no first the arabs rejected and then they attacked essentially the war this also needs to be clarified you can divide the war to two and we fought two enemies enemy number one is the palestinians slash arabs here in the land who didn't have a country okay they were under the british occupation they fought us okay that's that's legitimate we're we're both both fighting for this land okay they started but we went on a fight but all the countries sovereign countries are neighbor countries which did not have a conflict with us we didn't we didn't you know we didn't declare war on them we didn't provoke them they on that day declared war on us without uh provoke provocation right okay that's egypt syria jordan lebanon iraq yeah. Okay. So they declared war and they joined parts with the Palestinians. Yeah. And then a war broke. So so when the war broke and we didn't start a war, uh it's a war. So what happened is we didn't steal the land. We conquered you won. the land. You won we the war. We conquered the land and we're not ashamed of it. We conquered yeah, it. Yeah, but that's that that's also geopolitically another thing that's important to mention is that leading up to 1948 uh, Jews, there was the Zionist movement, and Jews bought a large portion of the land. They started purchasing up parts of the land and and building a settlement here. It wasn't a large none portion. None of that. It, it was. It, it was, was a portion. It was a few percentages, but yeah. it was. It was the most. It was areas that are the that are at the center of life in Israel today. Yeah. So I mean, in all intents and purposes, yeah, it wasn't the middle. It was of like ten no- They didn't buy the middle of nowhere, but no one cared about the middle of nowhere. But they bought it legally. They bought legally the land, and they built up a settlement. And none of the land was stolen at any point. There was no point where Jews uh, ran onto Arab land outside of the context of a war, where Jewish civilians or citizens ran onto Arab land and said, "This is my land. Get out of here," or I don't know, raided a house and kick the people out right. there was either jews buying land in the state of israel and building a settlement or jews at war with the arab nations and the arab uh population in the land leading a war winning the war and then settling the conquered yeah, and, and just to finish the story in 67 again a war broke again yeah. unprovoked by us again and and up until 67 Judea and Samaria was Jordanian territory and also Eastern Jerusalem. And, and the people there had uh, Jordanian citizenshi- citizenship. And Jordan started a war against us. So we fought back. We conquered th- that land from Jordan. From yeah. Jordan. And like not from the Palestinians, we, but from Jordan. Got it. No. And thus, uh, we hold it up okay. until today. So let me ask you, let me turn the, the topic to something different, which is my frustration when I have these conversations with, with uh people who are support the so-called Palestinians is I don't feel like they, that there's, and, and, and there's, there's dispute within Israel. There are people who feel like Israel is doing too much. They want to be accommodative to the Palestinians. What I don't understand is does anybody have a solution that accommodates what the Palestinians say they want and doesn't mean the end of the state of Israel and all the Jews leave? Is there some kind of proposal out there that the Arabs would, in other words, my take on it is if you did some kind of step where you gave some land quote, back, even though it's not really back, if you gave them some land, if you gave them some control over more land, it wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop trying to take over the rest of Israel. Am I, am I mistaken? Or is there is there some people who believe that there's some sort of way of resolving this, a two-state solution, whatever, that the I'll, Arabs I'll would accept? I'll do the short answer, and Eitel will do the long answer. So the short answer to your question is no. And Nathan can do the long answer. <laughs> I think the long answer is we did it already. And it didn't yeah. work. I mean, but, but that's a long funded. answer. So, no, but, but to go deeper, no, no. But the, the main thing is, you ask, is there an offer we can make that they can accept that don't uh, mean that we will all be dead or 
out of this land? The answer is no, because the most vast majority of the Palestinians, and this has been polled again and again, they want what is called the right of return. This is no negotiable for them. And what that means is that all the millions of, of Arabs who are not Israeli citizens, citizens will come back inside the borders of Israel, get citizenship, and become the majority. Right. Thus, the, and what, what that means is that we are all either We're talking dead... something upwards of five, six million people. And, and to be clear, the right of return is a bit of a fiction because a lot of them weren't there in the first place. A lot of them came from Jordan. They came from other Arab countries, and they claim well, a no, right of not return. Only, not only they weren't there in the first place, what the definition of a Palestinian refugee, according to the UN, is a unique definition reserved only for the Palestinian people. Meaning a, Palest a refugee, according to the UN, is someone displaced by conflict or, right, for whatever reason, forcefully displaced from their homeland. A Palestinian refugee is someone displaced, forcefully displaced from their homeland or any descendant of that person. To eternity. To eternity. There's no limit. So their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, basically in... A hundred years, there will be about one billion Palestinian refugees. Right, but also, <laughs> I mean, but also, the, you know how all of estimate. us, how all of us have one percent Genghis Khan uh, yeah. gene. Yeah. So no, but, but if, you go with, if you go with if you go with Yasser Arafat, Yasser Arafat was Egyptian, Tunisian, whatever. He wasn't from the land. He wasn't yeah. from there. So you know, how can he claim to be a refugee from land that he did a twenty-three in me, obviously? Right. Twenty-three. Yeah. Do 23 and me. 23 no, and me I... is a genetic test. Actually, one other question I wanted to ask you is I have the impression that we talk about racism, that the Jews are racist against Arabs or Arabs are racist against. Aren't we really genetically largely the same people? We're all descended from Abraham. Am, am I, am there's I roughly actually correct? A theory, there's, there's a theory that some of the Palestinian people that remained here in the land are like the Jews that remained from the kingdoms of, you know, the lost tribe. Um, they're like a lost tribe. Israel and Judea. No, the the non-lost tribe, meaning they're the ones that just stayed put and then they got converted by, you know, um the Muslims, but I I don't think there's I don't know Who if knows? there's anything to back it up. Yeah. Is there a lot yeah, of I mean, is there genetic testing that shows that we're largely the same? I mean, the reality is most humans are the same people. You could look if yeah. you take the DNA of a Chinese person, you take the DNA of a of a African person, and then you compare it to a monkey, right? The DNA of the Chinese person and the African person are almost identical by comparison to the monkey. Yeah, we're we're, we're but all isn't the that same what's people. Special, but isn't that what's special about humans? Because genetically, we might be very, 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 very close or almost identical, but we're worlds apart. Yeah. And that's really what matters is that I don't see the same way. I don't see the world in the same way that an Arab sees the world or the same way that a Chinese person sees the world. Generally speaking, a Westerner sees it very different than, you know. But I mean, um, but you than, can be genetically yeah. nearly identical and yet at the same time culturally very different because you were raised differently. You know, it's it's what exactly. is it? So, so uh, but, you know, I just I just have that sense like when I encounter, I mean, even like the language, you know, Shalom Aleichem Aleichem and then Aleichem Salam Aleichem. It's like it's like the languages are fairly close to each other in some ways. Yeah, but they stole the language from us, basically. Of course. <laughs> of course. No, and, and, but seriously though. And you should have a right Hebrew. of return. You should you should have a right of return. You should be able to take the language away from them and and, and absorb it in Israel. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, look, look it's like uh, in Europe, Romanian and Italian are and French are all cousins, are all descendants of from from Latin, right? Um, yeah. And you can really hear similarities. It's like 30%. Italian and Romanian are like 30% inter like the same thing. Um, but but Hebrew, uh, you, you have traces for Hebrew for... for at least now they just found... They just found this piece of, uh, of stone with the most ancient Hebrew inscript inscription uh, ever to be found. It goes back uh, like, like 12th more... 12th century BC or something, yeah. right? Like, uh, like three thousand, three thousand two hundred years or something. Um, yeah. So, so an Arab Arabic does not have that depth. So, so it obviously evolved from Hebrew. So when you when you, I want to go back to this question of if there's first of all, I agree with Aitan that Aitan that there's no solution, there's no problem to be solved. But within the Israeli political scene, there are groups. I mean, I think there's Haaretz, and then there's Jerusalem Post. There's different newspapers within Israel, and some of them are just, you know, 
staunchly pro-Israel, and some of them seem to want to accommodate. Is there, you know, it's kind of like what you said, it's like chickens for KFC. It seems like there's a group of Jews who, there's a group of Jews in Israel who support somehow being accommodative to people who want to kill them. Am I, am I, is, is, is that? But that's, we've always, we've always yeah. that's inherently Jewish. Jewish, like, right. you know, people don't know that the fascist party had very, in, in Italy, had very prominent Jewish members right until the end. Um, so that's just yeah. an example, but yeah, I think, I think though in Israel, if you break it down, the uh, quick breakdown of the political map in Israel, I'm not sure that there are too many people that really believe in a two state solution anymore. Um, you have people, you have parties on the far left that are, um, like Meretz and the Avodah really, the labor party was sort of center left. <laughs> Uh, until recently, but recently it really has gone quite far left. Um, and perhaps they still, and they represent what right now, like 12, 13, 15 seats in the government. So they, they perhaps in the, in the parliament, not in, in the government, in the, sorry, in the parliament and they're in the coalition currently. Yeah. Just some of them. Yeah. Not all. But, but they, they perhaps support a two state solution. But other than that, I don't think that any, and then, of course, you have the Arab parties uh, that some of which, again, are also in the coalition. Most are sitting in the opposition, um, which is, again, what, like 14 seats? Oh, I, th I thought you were talking about the Arab parties. Sorry. Yeah. The Arab parties. Seats. Yeah. Something 14 like that. seats. So, yeah. So you have the Arab parties and then the extreme left, uh, which make up like 30 seats. But again, the Arab parties aren't Jews. Um and then the rest of the political map in Israel, which includes the center left, the center, the right, and the extreme right, do not, uh, I don't think, no, support uh, a, a two-state solution. No, no, no. The center left supports it. Of course they do. What center left is there? Avodah now? Party. No, so I'm saying you weren't listening before. You uh, were sorry. distracted. He's, sorry, saying sorry. The Abodah, he's saying but, the Abodah is no longer center left. They, they, went, left. they went a so little farther center? left. So what center? Lapid? Yeah. Center left. I think Lapid would say he supports the two-stage solution still. Yes, he would support it. So but the, he hasn't vocally expressed. And, and no, I think it's in there. I think it's solution. in his. Uh, but the, in his platform, I think, I yeah. But the two-state. I mean, the two-state solution would be that the Palestinians get a state on the West Bank. Uh, you know, is that, if I have this right, on the other side of the Jordan River, there's some decision about what land goes to which state. Um, not, and, not on the other side of the Jordan River. On Basically, side. on this side of the Jordan River, there's the West Bank, which is Judea, Judea and Samaria. It's the 1947 right. lines, which yeah. basically, I mean... 67. 19... Yeah. 67, not 47. You said 47. No, 1967. So the right. lines, yeah. The lines in 1967, after 67. Yeah. Or the lines from the line is 1967. Okay, so the nine the 1967 lines basically to go back to the lines that are pre the Six Day War, yeah, um, and to establish a state in in uh, the West Bank, but it, which the, is again the west side of the Jordan River. But but I think you agree with me that if that if that solution were pursued, then the day after the Palestinian state was created, they would declare war on Israel, or even if not yes. overtly, eventually. They would they would exactly. continue to support terrorist activities against the state of Israel, and eventually there would be another war, which they would lose. It's inevitable. Um, and I I kind of I, I I wonder from the perspective of the, the the Palestinians, it's kind of like well we keep getting the shit kicked out of us, but let's keep fighting. At what point do you say you know this getting the shit kicked out of us really kind of sucks? Maybe we should try to find a way of doing this that doesn't involve us getting the shit kicked out of us. And, and like I think what you're saying is honor is more important to them than not getting the shit kicked out of them. And and then you yeah. have and then you have the radical left in, in Europe and the United States and other places saying, oh, the poor Palestinians are victims. Let's give them money, which ends up going to the leaders of their of their movement who end up and screwing over their own people. Their Swiss bank accounts. Yeah. OK, yeah, but I think the far left, I think the left here in Israel is less about the center left and even the left and maybe excluding the far extreme left i think the mo most of the left is more about appeasement i don't think they actually have uh desires to you know 
suicidal uh, uh, wishes. I don't think they're just trying to, f they're, they're trying to feed the beast. Uh, and they think that if we give them land, then it'll solve some kind of problem. But it's, it's again, it's completely oblivious. And last point which, on that argument is that the Palestinians themselves are divided, deeply divided between Hamas and the PA. And those are two political, it's like two different peoples by now. So Gaza and the PA in the in the in in Judea and Samaria will never be one country. They hate each other more than they. It's hard to 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 fathom this, but they hate each other more than they hate us. So they will never survive in one in one state. So uh. we're now talking about the three state solution, basically. Yeah, I, you need I always a Hamas state, a PA state, and 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 a Jewish state. I always joke that I always joke actually similarly that Jews make the best anti-Semites because we're much better at hating each other than that the other side don't know don't don't have good reasons to hate us. They have like bad reasons. We have good reasons like the Orthodox hate the reform and the reform hate the Orthodox and <laughs> this group hates that. People think that just like people think the Arabs might be uniform or the Palestinians might be uniform. Jews aren't really uniform. We have a lot of this Kabad, Lubavitch, whatever. This, there's, there's groups of Jews that, that a lot of us think, oh, those people are crazy, right? And they, that, that's something that, they're not, that nobody's aware of. So you guys told me you wanted to go about an hour. We're pushing about an hour right now. Um, is there anything else that you feel like an American audience might, because most of my audience is American. Is there anything else you feel like an American audience might not appreciate about the situation that, that I haven't mentioned or we haven't talked about that should be something they should understand? I would say to continue the last point um, that it is clear to anyone, to most Jews who live here, okay, that there will never be, let's see, not in our lifetime, there won't be uh, a Palestinian state. So that will, it will just, won't, it will not happen, guys. It will not happen. So we might as well get it off the table unless like they suddenly see the light you know, and uh, and and like Jesus, born again, uh, you know, it, it's just not an option. Right. Well, is so this, let's is, get it off the table. Right. It, but because we're not suicidal. But does that mean going forward that the the situation is just going to the situation outside of Israel, you know, immediately outside of Israel? Does that just mean the situation is just going to continue to fester? That the Palestinians living in Gaza are going to continue to suffer. That the Palestinians living in Palestinian-controlled territory are going to continue to suffer. I, I, I really feel like one of the things we talked about no, earlier. No, no, no. No. Yeah. Sorry. I, I really feel like they're, they're, if we're going to say there's a Palestinian people, they're kind of oppressed wherever they go by their own people, by the Arab world. Exactly. And, no, and, but and, yeah, but by their immediate leaders. Right, and they, well, not just in, not even just in Gaza, but also in, say, if they're in Saudi Arabia, working in Saudi Arabia. They're oppressed there. In Jordan, they're oppressed. In Lebanon, they're oppressed. Yes. And what's striking about it is that if the if the people who care about Palestinian people genuinely cared about them, they wouldn't just care about Israel. They would care right. about how they're treated in Lebanon. They would care about how they're treated in Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, wherever you want to talk about. And that never gets talked about. What The Saudis are powerful. The, du du the people in Dubai are powerful. Maybe the Lebanese government isn't powerful, but the Saudis are powerful. Why is it never talked about how the Saudis oppress? I don't think there are lots of uh, Saudi of Palestinians in Saudi Arabia. They're mostly in Jordan, Lebanon. Um, those are like the big chunks, and and Syria. But okay, so so why isn't it talked about? Why why aren't people saying why do the Jordanians oppress the Palestinians? And I think the the sense might be well, the poor Palestinians have to live in refugee camps in Jordan because of what Israel has done. And that's not really true, but that the Palestinians were living in Jordan before and were not living well before Israel was created. Who knows by now? It's all yeah. mess. It's all a messy, messy thing. Yeah. But even if they are, even if, it, if, even if all the Palestinians in Jordan, for the sake of the argument, until 48, they lived in, uh, right? Let's say for the sake of the argument that they lived here and in the war, we kicked them all out. Yeah. Well, that's that's done. It, right. it'll ne they will never come back. So now they live in a sovereign state. So it's up to Jordan to figure it out. And if they want better lives, well, they need to revolutionize the situation in Jordan and no, no, take but, control of. An, but the point I'm know, making it, is the point I'm making is that the the radical left doesn't hold the Jordanian government accountable. 
They don't hold they the don't Lebanese know, government they're accountable. They're just ignorant. Non, if you asked uh, AOC how yeah. many Palestinians live in Jordan, she wouldn't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Nobody knows this, although it's in Wikipedia. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's ignorance by choice. Okay. All right, so we're, we're over an hour, and I think you guys wanted to cut out in an hour. Uh, anything else that you want to say before? And, and, and just really quick, I'll just say this. Your channel is Two Nice Jewish Boys. You have a podcast that they can find on Spotify and other yes. platforms. Yep. You have a YouTube podcast, channel. Yeah. You have a YouTube yes. channel. Is there any, and, and you're on, you have an Instagram. Is there anywhere else that they can find you? We have we're a website. On Facebook. We're a, we have a website. We're, website. we're basically we're everywhere. Just search two nice Jewish boys in Google and you'll find yeah. us. Okay. And I think I'll just I'll sign off by saying that uh, that it seems to me that if you have any like brain cells left, if you read a little bit about the situation, you know maybe that's a bit harsh. I don't want to offend anybody, but honestly. Zoom out for a second. Look at what's going on in Israel. Look at the culture that's flourishing here. Look at the rights that people enjoy. Look at the lives that they're creating. And then take a look at Gaza. Gaza has, again, you can blame it on the uh, the siege that Israel is, or the blockade that Israel has implemented, and it's not letting, but Israel lets in food and, 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 and uh, safe trade through into Gaza that just make sure that weapons aren't actually sent in. So look at Gaza. Gaza is a uh, completely closed off section of land that's inhabited by Palestinians since 2005. And what have they made of it? So just look at those two sides and ask yourself, you know, you can, because the history can go, you can go like way back. You can just keep going back and back and back and ask yourself, where did it all start? But look right now at the two cultures and ask yourself, what do you think is the right side of history? The side that 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 uh, promotes, you know, freedom of speech and freedom of religion, and has equal rights for men, women, and people of all sexes and races and ethnicities, or the side that you know kills gay people and and suppresses women. Yep. Okay. It's pretty simple. So I'll put links in the video description on the on my locals platform, the Daily Lie, and uh, and I'll probably do Thanks something so on Twitter and something on YouTube to promote this video. See if we get people some people are... to watch it. People are invited to hit us up and email us if they want to comment about the conversations. All right. Yeah, absolutely. We love getting uh, mail. Okay. We love so, it. <laughs> so, Aton uh, on on uh, and then Naor, I want to thank you both very much for coming on. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the thank recording. You, thank you, Warren.